You are listening to Legion of Substitute Podcasters, episode 468. So, Brainy's still crazy, right? Because I think I just saw a computer around the corner. Episode 468 of Legion of Substitute Podcasters. I am Paul French, and today, well, for the moment, I am do over lad. <laughs> this is not our first time starting this episode, folks. No, it is not. And in fact, the computer reference was added. <laughs> um, but, but onward and upward, so far so good. It, it looks much better now. I did a little reboot, so that ought to take care of things. Anyway, um, yeah, so I'm do-over lad. Um, we're just doing it over. <laughs> yeah, that's what we're doing. That's what mm-hmm. we're doing. It's all going to be good from here. I'm sure it's all going to be good. We've got some Legionnaire news to talk about, all kinds of stuff. Over to you, sir. I am Darren Noel, and I'm Take-Two Tim. So there you go. <laughs> all right, let's move on. Let's do this. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Exactly. The, there was all kinds of stuff before, guys. But uh, yeah, you don't need our boring lives. We need to get this done now. Lost to the ether, indeed. All right. So um, let's start with uh, with an, a nice piece of Legionnaire news. Go ahead. We do. We, we have some news from uh, Variety and all over the internet. I'm just reading bits and pieces from the Variety um, article. Um, Supergirl has cast Saturn Girl for season three. Huzzah. Amy. Amy Jackson, who is a uh, Bollywood Bollywood actress, for those of you who don't know that, that means she does a lot of Indian films and in, uh, movies out of um, India. Um, a lot of musicals. Um, if you've seen um, like Slumdog Millionaire, that's probably the one most folks over here in North America would be familiar with because it yeah, it it'll give you kind of an idea of the nomination of, yeah the kind of, of the genre yeah you know, exactly. That's, kind of the genre it is um of course she's not the first person to play saturn girl alex johnson played the character during the eighth season of smallville they noted that as well and of course she was voiced and i forget who voiced her in the um superman and the legion of superheroes animated um um series and she appeared on justice league but i don't know if she had a speaking part um i know she was in superman the animated series with a speaking part but i forget who played her then as well um, so well, forgive me. Sorry. Hang on, hang on. Um, so oh, you're gonna look? Yay. Yeah, yeah. So let's see. Um, in Legion of Superheroes, it looks like it was Carrie Walgren. Okay. Um, who she does a lot of voice acting. So she yeah. does. Yeah, she's in AMUC. Come up a lot, especially in the DCU stuff. I'm gonna um, guess Tara Strong at some point. <laughs> has voiced her just because. Is there anyone that, that that Tara Strong hasn't voiced at some stage? I, Probably Batman, but that's about it. I'm not even sure about that. I'm yeah, not even true, sure about true. that, sir. Um, what should be Kevin Conroy? But <laughs> you've seen her, you've heard her, sorry, uh, as uh, the Wasp in Avengers Assemble. Uh, mm-hmm. She was Roxanne Featherly on uh, one of the recent DuckTales from the, from the new DuckTales Duck series. DuckTales, woo! Um, she's been, uh, she voices Chloe Carmichael in Fairly Odd Parents, <laughs> uh, among many 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 other things and she was starfire in the in the recent teen titans judas contract uh video gotcha yeah so there so you there go. go so that 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 certainly uh takes care of her um 
her uh, credentials. Yes, yes. her her uh, her bona fides uh, have been met. Thank you, thank you. That's the word I was looking for. Ah, there you go. <laughs> um, but uh, but yes, yeah, so that was that was who who played her there. Of course, <laughs> you already mentioned Alex Johnson, um, and. She was played by Melissa Joan Hart, Sabrina the Teenage Witch, there in the uh, in the New Kids in Town episode of uh, Superman the Animated Series. So there you go. Yeah. Yay! Cheers to you. So so there we have that. All right. So yeah, Seven Girl has been around for a while apparently, so she's getting the nod to enter Supergirl's world. Hey, but along some with um, Adrian Pazdar is mm-hmm. playing Morgan Edge. Carl Lumbly is coming on as Mirren Johns, uh, the father of John Jones. Yep. And Yale Grobglass, and I apologize for masquering that name as the DC villain Psy. And Odette Anable as Rain, who oh, will be the okay. big Okay, that's uh, Odette Anable. Um, Odette Anable. She was Annabelle. in. Um, well, she was she was in Brothers and Sisters, but she was also in. Um, I'm trying to remember what the name of the show was. Well, she was in uh, Cloverfield. Okay. Um, I'm trying to remember. Was she, was was she the, the last girl in Cloverfield, or was she one of the early ones who got killed off? She was the really hot one. That's all I know for sure. Oh, uh, sorry. Uh, I, I can't help you. Yeah, she was. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Um, she was in uh, the show House um, and uh, for for a couple of years, and or or just for the last little stretch, actually, of... Uh, mm-hmm. Of house, she uh, played Trudy Cooper in the Astronaut Wives Club, and um, I'm trying to remember the the she was in uh, Walk Hard. Um, but here's the best part of it: she was a Spanish-speaking student in Kindergarten Cop at the age of five. Wow! So she's been doing this for a while. Pretty much her whole life, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. um, so she, yeah, she's playing Rain, which is going to be really interesting. That's uh, uh, that that's that looks pretty cool. Um, the um, who is the other one that you mentioned? Um, let me go back to it Yale, here. Um, Yale Grobglass as DC villain Psy, and I think that's where Saturn Girl comes into place, needing someone to be able to fight off another psychic. Uh, villain. The problem is in all these releases, and Paul and I talked about it, we think it was an error from the CW or they are messing with Saturn Girl's powers because they keep referring to her as telekinetic, not telepathic. So... Yeah, and I wonder if that's if that's someone made a typo in the initial press release and that's just what everybody else has picked up. Mm-hmm. And, and copied uh, and pasted without doing research. Haha. Well, uh, you know, but but the thing is... It's I so mean, easy they, to do. I'm not and blaming they, they report just... what's in the press release, right? Exactly. And, because that's what they say is good to release. So yeah. So so yeah. Um, so Yale Grub uh, Glass. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure exactly how you pronounce that either. So so Sai, I'm not familiar with that character. Oh, okay. It was Sai uh, and Dreadnought. I thought. Apparently, Sai was the Sai's first appearance was in the daring new adventures of Supergirl. Well, appropriate, uh, created by Paul Kupperberg and Carmine Infantino. Um, and or am I thinking? I'm thinking about someone else. Yep, I am. Yeah, and uh, so she's um, apparently shown up a couple of times. She was her, she was a, a Black Lantern um, because uh, she was in. Uh, she was. 
we should know this. Uh, uh, she was in the Suicide Squad. She went on the uh, the Central America mission that where they where she was killed by the rocket. Red Brigade. Blah, blah, blah. Gotcha. And of course, Mr. 104, the Thinker, and the Weasel also didn't survive the mission. Mm. Um, so she was reanimated as a member of the Black Lantern Corps and has since shown up uh, in the New 52 during the Forever Evil storyline where she was a prisoner in the, in, the, in the circus, which was the Detroit station of Argus, you know, where we had the whole thing with, um, um, with Vibe and, and the, mm-hmm. you know... Oh, um, uh, I'm thinking siphon, P-S-I-P-H-O-N, with a hyphen there mm-hmm, in the middle. Mm-hmm. Sorry, got my wires crossed. So, but, but yeah, neat to see is that, different from siphon. Neat <laughs> to see that Supergirl is actually going back into some Supergirl issues to, to pick out some villains. Um, so, that's, so that's a good thing. Yeah, the, the I got to say, the telekinesis thing gives me pause. I honestly think that that is just a... I hope uh, it's a typo. Yeah. I hope it's a typo. Because, you know, uh, yeah, that kind of and, and, and you know what? I, I, I can't I can't see something like that getting past John's. Uh, you know, not not given his thoughts on Saturn Girl as a, as a character. Gotcha. Right. Like So. Yeah. So I can't see that I, being something he would sign off on. It's like, yeah, I get what you want to do, but no. <laughs> yeah. No. Because that, that is that, you know, to him and to most of us, that is a significant uh, part of her change. Character. Yeah, it'd yeah. be a big change for her. And hey, so speaking of which. While she sits there in Arkham Asylum. Indeed. Waiting, indeed. waiting and, for a plot. And so here's some of the here's some, yeah, <laughs> here's some of the stuff. Uh, well, hey, at least someone had picked up on that thread, right? Um, um, uh, Vanita Rogers over on um, uh, at Newsarama had done a story a little while back as far as, you know, some of the mysteries that still exist. This was back in May she did this story. But, but you know, talking about some of these things, because we're coming up on two years. Of rebirth. Of right? rebirth, right? Which blows me away, right? Um, so I'm going to kind of skip to, uh, to where she talks about the Legion. And so what was hinted at was in DC Universe Rebirth 1. It wasn't hinted. It was pretty obvious. Um <laughs> Someone from the Legion of Superheroes appeared to be lost in Gotham City. The young woman was requesting an audience with Superman, and when she's told that he might be dead, she doesn't seem alarmed. She claims to have seen the future, and everything's going to be all right. And, of course, her only possession is that Legion flight ring. Um, since then, we've seen her um, in Batman number 9. She made a, she was a prisoner, and they did. she did the whole thing where she drew the Legion symbol on the, uh, on the window. Um, since then, she showed up in the in the button crossover, and she was still a prisoner in Arkham Asylum. And this time, they showed her watching a hockey game on TV, um, and a fight bega- be- 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 began between two hockey players. She freaked out, said someone was going to die, and she says, "This is the game where they kill him. They're going to kill him." And uh, and so, of course, the guy did die. She screamed that our friends mm. will die, the Legion will die, and that was pretty much the last time we saw her. Yeah. Um, so yeah, not sure what's going on there, and that's really kind of uh, you know uh, all the other stuff doesn't really matter as much. Um, but but you know talking about um, questions that still remain more recently. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got the Justice Society being one of those things. 
uh, you know, because we're coming up on that time frame. Um, mm-hmm. And so, of course, the Doomsday Clock uh, issue or series is being launched soon, uh, November, um, which frighteningly is closer and closer and closer. Um, but we're coming toward the end of this, quote unquote, two year story. Mm-hmm. Um so and yet no end in sight <laughs> indeed indeed shocking um mm, very shocking of course we saw johnny thunder and they talked about getting him to use the uh, genie and find the justice society um we have since That's easy there with thor fighting ragnarok there you go there you go we have since seen jay garrick um who we understand has been trapped in a similar way in the same continuity limbo that wally west was um, the scene indicated that the JSA members are unable to return to existence unless someone remembers their names and serves as a tether. Huh. Um, Ain't that a blip? And, and apparently Barry Allen is not Jay Garrick's tether. Oh. Um, this is not Penny's boat. <laughs> exactly. Yes, exactly. Um, uh, what else? Uh, okay, so the Legion. So... In uh, DC Universe Rebirth number one, of course, we talked about Saturn Girl being lost in present-day Gotham, replacing okay. an audience with Superman. Um, we've covered and I'm that. saying she is cray-cray. And, uh, and so, yeah, since since then, you know, and this, this story came out last week, and, uh, and there's been no sign of her since that appearance in the button, um, save for the casting of, uh, of um, what's her name? I've already forgotten. Amy Jackson. Amy Jackson. Um, in the Supergirl show. Um, so that's a thing that hasn't happened. Uh, so they're f- figuring that that will be the, uh, the one that, that'll be one that if it does get picked up on, it'll have to be picked up by Johns. Um, okay. In the one-shot rebirth issue, uh, Ray Palmer sends a message to his assistant, Ryan Choi. I'd forgotten about this. Stating that he was in big trouble and needed to be rescued from the microverse as he was investigating a disruption deep within the temporal nanostructure of the timeline. Um, since then we've actually seen some of that stuff uh, in Justice League um, where they actually Troy and several of the League members shrunk down to rescue him from the microverse and um, anyway stuff going on there and uh, and so that's that's been unfolding in uh, in JLA which is in in issues 14 and 15 Um, in fact 15 just came out last week and uh I love how you just summation. Yeah, um, yeah, stuff happened. Yeah, well, I don't want to get I don't want to get into spoiling anything. <laughs> oh, because, I know, I know, yeah. I know. I just funny stuff happened. Because um, that's how it goes, you know. Um, Solomon Grundy hate Justice League. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> of course, there was a the whole thing about Superman and how uh, Mister Oz had appeared and he was kind of following everything. Mm-hmm. Um. Like you do. When yeah, you're they've a- apparently realized re, re, uh, realized that some revealed that someone we know who the someone is behind all this stuff um, messed with Superman in the past and split him into two, and this is how we have <clears throat> existing in the same continuity the New Fifty Two Superman as well as the uh, Post Crisis Superman, and Lois also was similarly similarly split, hmm. and. Um, and they've been apparently all put, everything's all been sort of put together. Um, and that, and so they're kind of explaining that as to who this Mr. Oz is. Um, I'll give you a hint. If it was a movie, he would be played by Marlon Brando. 
Um, mm. And um, so he's the Godfather. What? Yeah, yeah, that's it. He's gonna put that orange in his mouth, that orange peel. Mm, and uh, uh, when the oranges come out, people gonna die. Yeah. Don't, exactly. don't do it, people. Don't do it. Um. Tim Drake was apparently a prisoner in his cell. All kinds of stuff. Mm. Um, anyway, I heard so, Tim got out. I heard Tim I heard. got out of his cell, right? This is true. Okay. Um, but good for Tim. Yay. There you have it. Um, and, of course, um, the whole thing with the button, and we're going to get this whole thing, I'm sure, explained it, that part of it. The Watchmen <laughs> connection will all be explained at Doomsday Clock. Fair enough. Um then there's the whole thing about Wonder Woman's brother. Mm-hmm. Um, and apparently Baby Darkseid. And then finally the uh, three Jokers that were hinted at as well. So that kind of summarizes all of the things that were laid out there and where they're expected to be uh, coming together. Um, gotcha. But... Scott Snyder, who's been writing the Dark Knight's Metal um, series, uh, said that uh, that the, the three Jokers plotline was a story that Johns will tell. So whether or not that's part of uh, of of the Doomsday Clock remains to be seen. Um, so there we go. So I just uh, assume the Jokers are it's a smoker, a Joker, and a, and a Midnight Toker. So yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. I'm just assuming that's how that's going to work out. Yeah, everyone knew it was going to be Steve Miller. Exactly. All I right. have no idea. <laughs> I have no idea what they're going to do to solve that. Anyway, um, oh, and that's from last year, so never mind. Um, I can't believe that that stuff is like that far. Um, I, I can't believe it's going on this long without a lot of movement. I know. I know they said they were going to drag it out. I really do. Yeah. I, I, I get that. But I would have liked to have seen a comic about Rebirth and not it threading through the entire line. Well, because for, for, for you and I, that was the death of it, right? Yeah, totally. I mean, if there the had been a Rebirth like, series, I would have followed Rebirth, the hell and, yeah. and it's everything in the line. It's like, okay, stop. You've, yeah. you've gone too far now. Yeah. Those of us who don't have a hundred and fifty to two hundred dollars to drop on comics a month, yeah. Um, sorry, DC. Yeah, <laughs> kind of missed the boat on us. And, so. and 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 if you're gonna do it that way, tell us what's going, what's gonna be happening where. Yeah, because uh, because then maybe we can be focused on it, right? But yeah. Um, all right, so so let's uh, talk a bit about they they talked about some of the things that. Um, Rebirth did right and some that it did wrong. And as as we say, we've our our reading of it has been limited. I've read a very bit. limited. Yeah. Very limited. Um <laughs> extremely limited. How's that? So they say what they did <coughs> right was uh was it, it brought back Scott Snyder because he had left the Batman book, I guess. And um uh he is now doing um All Star Batman, which is apparently awesome. Um, and, and it sounds great because, you know, art by guys like uh, John Romita Jr., also Francesco Francavia, and you can't go wrong with that guy. Um, no, it's true. Yeah, so there's that. Um, um, and the things that they did wrong, they talk about the crossovers. 
Justice mm-hmm. League versus Suicide Squad. Um, how, how it showcased blockbuster action and, and beautiful art, but didn't ground itself in any real emotion or sentiment. Well, yeah. Um, <laughs> the Button, the Flash Superman crossover event, saw the return of Eobard Thawne and Flashpoint Batman, but suffered from concepts that kept its paper-thin story fixed in one spot. Tell us how you really feel. Um, and then they talk about the recently released Teen Titans story, The Lazarus Contract, uh, which stands tall as the strongest of the three, but still lacks key ingredients that every serviceable story needs, especially an epic Titan story that pits the team against Deathstroke. Like maybe Terra and Jericho? Maybe. Were they missing? I don't know. I haven't read it. And when they say so. The Lazarus Contract, that sounds to me like someone's coming back, right? But It does, doesn't it? I mean, I mean, we had the Judas Contract. Yeah. I mean... If you're going to say that there's a Teen Titans crossover or event versus Terminator, and you're going to call it the last, any, the blank contract, yeah. I'm assuming it's a callback. Oh, it, some absolutely. kind of thematic successor at the very least. To what happened before. So yeah, yeah, the problem is that then it, then it comes down to, you know, is that just a, a thing to, um, to draw guys like us in? Because we're like, Oh, it's gotta be similar to that. Right. Well, I don't even think it has to be similar, but I think it should share some theme or some sort of some sort of DNA, some, some sort, sort of, of DNA, DNA. Yeah, yeah, in the story. Yeah, it does I don't want the exact same story. Yeah, don't exactly. get me wrong. I, I don't want you to just change out, you know, someone for Blue Beetle. Looking at you, Judas Contract animation. Yeah, um, yeah but I, I haven't seen it. I, I because uh, because of it's, that, it's yeah. okay, but it's yeah. you. It's not the story that you wanted as a fan. Yeah. Trust me. Yeah. And, th- and there's actually a callback in there to Jericho who does not appear. It's just a Good guy who grief. looks like him. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, Oh, see, you just should have left that out entirely. Yeah. So you might as because well have what you've a, done a is you've reminded us of what we're missing from the exactly. story. Yeah. I like you. You might as well have had a red haired girl there who could control crystals. Remember her? No. Okay. I do. <laughs> poor Cole. Yeah, poor Cole. Yeah. Poor Cole. Oh, will she ever win? Um, oh. No. Yeah, exactly. The next thing they talk about is uh, Aquaman and how um, Dan Abnett's Aquaman title has been excellent, and I've heard really good things about that. Um, you know what? I think Aquaman is the one character they can't screw up now because mm-hmm. they're so hyper-focused on making him a badass. Yeah, totally. You know, that every, everything else is kind of to the wayside because they've had to fight the whole Aquaman uh, is this TV character. Yeah, yeah, thing, yeah. You know? And, they, and so. they fought it hard. Yes, um, they have. Yeah. All right. Um, one of the things they didn't like was the New new Frontier callback um, with the losers um, and how basically they shoehorned uh, uh, Dinosaur Island and the losers into a plot that neither deserved it nor called for it. And um, yeah. yeah, sorry. We, we talked about this yeah. before we started. Not, not and every story needs to needs to be put into the... No. Yeah. Uh, uh, and again, that that's Frontier, part of what they're trying to do, but New Frontier yeah. stood on its own anyway, even before. Yeah. It needed to be an Elseworld tale and stay over there on that other Earth, and that's fine. It's absolutely yeah. fine. Um, uh, one of the things that they uh, they they love is uh, what it did right, Tom King's Batman. I can't disagree. I ha- I've, I've read some of his Batman and have enjoyed what I've read. Um, 
you know, most of it's a timing thing. And of course, I've said that you know his his vision is amazing, and uh, and and I'm really digging what I've read of uh, Mr. Miracle thus far. Um, so you know, I mean, yeah, Batman's going to be a, you know is a high profile gig, and it's great, and and it's well deserved by him, and um, and so that's cool. What they did wrong, Jessica Cruz and Simon Baz. I read maybe one issue of uh, of the Green Lanterns uh, book, and they lost me. Now, admittedly. Hey, we've all been on kind of Green Lantern overload over the last little while. Yeah, that's why I haven't picked up any of it. I'm I'm a little Green Lanterned out. Yeah, I right mean now, we, we, so. we we got we got you know the the whole and and I mean this is going back because let's 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 really let's be real here. Um, you know, Blackest Night was more than six years ago. Yeah, but good God, did it go on forever? And and I think you know to me that's when I got lanterned out. Yeah. And, I, I, yeah, it wasn't so much the end of Blackest Night lanterned me out. It was the fact that it was continuing. Yeah, in the next big event, because it was it was going to be brightest day, and I'm like, yeah. oh, you got to be kidding me. Yeah, and that was a mess. Should, you should have given the lanterns a rest period. Yeah, and then had brightest day come. But, but they were they were hot. At the, they were hot at the time, and they couldn't they resist. Were. Yeah. And they wanted to get Swamp Thing on the table. And there were other ways yeah. of doing that besides yeah. that. So, yeah, exactly. Um, anyway, so they said the the um, they said sure uh, we're sure that during the writers' meetings the chemistry between Green Lanterns Jessica Cruz and Simon Baz was present. Somewhere along the way, this compelling dynamic was lost. <laughs> and that, that's a shame. I like new characters. I love and the I idea like of when new they characters. Create characters. Yeah. And. Of course, every character is going to evolve and change, and maybe these two will, and maybe they'll find something nice to do. But this, it always worries me when you like a new character because every three years or so they'll have a crisis and they'll be like, "Oh, well, no one's buying that character." Bam. Yeah, gone. and 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 the other thing I find that with that is like it's great that we get new characters and everything, but we've had dozens, and I think dozens might actually be lowballing it. Of oh. new Green Lanterns added over over the last few decades, mm-hmm. very few of them take hold. That's true. I mean, think of all the Green Lanterns that are out there. You know, the ones right. that you see, like the the ones that kind of, you know, you've got your Guy Gardeners, you got your John Stewart, right? Yep, and you got your Kyles. Yeah. So Kyle's still around, right? Uh, sure. Um, I think he's a White Lantern at this point. Oh, who knows? Um, yeah. He was he was that he was six years ago. I think mm-hmm. since that's changed, but um, if if at all, you know, if he's around at all. Uh, but what I mean is just the they then, don't of course, they don't la- like like you know when I when I talk like you know uh, like a, a like a, a John Stewart or a Guy Gardner, it's because those are characters that are still around after forty years. Yeah. Right. And um, well, or, we also forgot to add Alan Scott. And Jade to that list. I mean, Green Lanterns have been around the company since the eight, since what the forties, and then the eighties. Absolutely. So you know. Absolutely, but what I'm saying is that we that that, that they haven't kind of had the staying power of. Oh, of, I agree. Yeah, I you agree. know, and and I, and I mean, and I and I shouldn't say that about Alan Scott because you know, hey. No, but we we know. Yeah. I mean, yeah. 
I, I think it gets the point. All these characters have something in common. They have they are Green Lanterns in form or fashion, one way yeah. or the other. Because Jade's kind problem. of an outlier. Yeah. But you need distinct personalities to make them completely different. And I know that they were trying very hard with Simon and Jessica yeah. make them very different. But I'm not sure how they mesh with other characters. Because I would have to read something that they've been in. Um, yeah, I just didn't find it compelling so, myself. Like it, so it, there you it, go. it didn't, it, you know, it not, it, you know, there were there were some that I felt sort of compelled enough to to read, you know, beyond the first three issues. They were not them. Uh, but again, I freely acknowledge that part of that is just the the Green Lantern universe was was a little a little played for me. Mm-hmm. Um, it just needed a rest, a little rest. That's yeah. all. Um, so, uh, speaking of new characters, though, that was something that they uh, that that they liked. Uh, they talked about Tom King's uh, uh, Batman run, introducing uh, Gotham and Gotham Girl, um, and how they, re- they 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 find that they're DC's most inspired characters yet. I, I'm I'm assuming of their most inspired new characters. No, I, I haven't <laughs> read them because I haven't picked up Batman because I've I've never really picked up Batman. Honestly, um, I know DC sacrilege. I understand. I'll, I'll... <laughs> I will take my spankings happily. Oh. But I, I'm loving their costumes being kind of a nod to Superman's costumes with Batman's colors. That, that is neat, like Superman isn't it? and yeah. Supergirl. Yeah. You know, with the, with the skirt and then the black and the, the gray or the blue and the gray. It's like, hmm, ain't that a blip? Yeah. Okay, moving on. Um. Anyway, they also talk about in Justice League, uh, writer Brian Hitch introducing the Kindred. And the keeper, um, two villains with devastating powers and incredibly compelling motivations. Mm. They said we do p- uh, feel the classic uh, villains such as Darkseid, Sinestro, and Brainiac need to show up on occasion, but it's high time DC Carter started creating rather than recycling. Hey, bravo! I- I'm fine with that. And if yeah. you can make it work, great. Um, well, like Levitt said, a good villain is hard to do. Yes. You know, a good villain that people are going to be like, oh, that's a villain. Yeah. Um, is really hard to make. And it it's challenging. Um, how do you create a villain that's, you know, going to be a good foil for your characters and yet be believable as a character? Um, I think Gail Simone had some good um, villains in Secret Six. Mm-hmm. Um, for sure, because yeah. she was able to go much, much darker than you would in, say, you know... A Superman book, totally. um, yeah. So it, it's it's all about that finding what that character has in their and the problem with like Batman and Superman is they they have so many villains. Everyone pretty much fits a niche, you know. Yeah, you've got you've got the arch enemy, you've got the crazy um, magic driven psycho, you've got all kinds of things. You've got the ex girlfriends, the ex um, fans. You know, you've got all that. So it's hard to find that niche of here's a new character, but it, it's it's kind of like a combination of this character and that character. It's like, hmm. Yeah. You know, that doesn't latch on really well to um, to most. I mean, the last big villain that latched on to Batman was probably Harley Quinn. If you think about and, it. And, and that's tw- like 20 years ago. years ago. Because it made sense for Joker to have an actual sidekick. Yeah. You know, that, that made, quote-unquote, sense. You know, a Robin yes. for Joker made yeah. sense, you know. So, 
And for Superman, I don't remember the last good villain that he had that hung around for a long period of time. I just don't. No, and, and, and I mean, Superman villains, it's challenging, right? Um, very, very challenging. Most of his rogues gallery that, that really sort of takes hold are, mm-hmm. are, are ones that were created in the 50s. Yep. Um, uh, Luthor, Zod, yeah. Brainiac, Bizarro. Next thing they talk about is, is ongoing titles that aren't good. Yeah. Uh, they said, we're sorry, but characters like Cyborg and Blue Beetle don't do well in their own books. They function far better as parts of a team. Um, it's interesting. I think there have been some good Blue Beetle books, for example. Mm-hmm. Of course, I'll go back. Uh, I'll go back to the Lem Ween Paris Collins title. I mean, yeah. I mean, you're going back a ways, but mm-hmm. yeah, I'm going back a long ways. But mm-hmm. I'll go more recent. Uh, Jaime Reyes, as a fan of both of his titles. It's not that the books weren't good; it's that nobody was buying them. Yep. Um, that that first Jaime Reyes uh, series that uh, Giffen did with uh, with I, I want to say John Rogers um, mm-hmm. w- was outstanding. Um, I think the new Fifty Two series was pretty good, but it was among the first canceled. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I don't, I don't kid myself that. You know, I I don't know that Blue Beetle necessarily. I, I maybe people got used to him as a as a member of a team because you know what that that Ween uh, Collins title got canceled and he got moved into Justice League and that did work. So maybe uh, maybe uh-huh. I'm wrong, right? But but I thought they, it's not that they weren't good books, is what I'm saying. Yeah, it's just that people aren't interested. And so maybe that's what they're saying is, you know, it's like, well, I mean, you can say that. Yeah. I mean, you can say that from established characters, too, that aren't selling like they used to or like um, the high muckety mucks expect them to. I mean, Fantastic Four was canceled over Marvel. Yeah. Um, And I don't know if that was because of sales or because of politics or what. There's a lot more to it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But um, you could take popular characters like Dr. Fate. Yeah. No book for him. And he's a pretty popular character, as far as I know. Um, but people don't buy him singly. He works better as part of the JSA. Yeah, no, and, and no, I he's had a couple that. of series, you know, and, uh, yeah, and, he and has. which is something. Uh, but yeah, but usually you're looking at thirty issues, forty issues, and then done, right? Which so, these days is actually a decent run. Yeah, um, it is a decent yeah. run these days, and then that kind of sad. Yeah. Um, I say about cyber cyborg working so well as a member of the Justice League. Uh, that's still, it's the old school in me. I know. Yeah, um, that's still just you know the shoehorning. But Paul, of, the kids like the tech. Oh, good grief. Um, and and I I do give them this. Well, I mean, when when Justice League was created, uh, there were no ethnic superheroes. Yeah. No, I mean, so it, absolutely, absolutely. They, they really did have to do. I mean, they weren't forced to do it. Don't get me wrong, but they had to do something to show some diversity in the line. Yep. And you for, know what? For the I, modern day, I mean, and, and as a character, he's been interesting since. You know, I mean, they. they yeah. I found that there wasn't a lot, a lot interesting done with him since uh, Wolfman and Perez. You know, mm-hmm. um, so so yeah, there is that. Um, they say the same problem plagued the new 52 as titles like Olmac. Oh, God, I love 
love that. Uh, didn't fare well, even if the few people who read and liked them really read and liked them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're it's true. They, they got me. Um, <laughs> uh, but these small. I mean, you but, like what you like. These small but loyal followings weren't enough to persuade the editors to keep the books on shelves, so they rightly so they disappeared into obscurity, and yeah, probably rightly so. All right, what they did right made Superman a family centric book. Um, and so we've, we've, of course, you know, they say how, uh, uh, Clark Kent has always been somewhat of a family man, even if he didn't always know it, but rebirth has added <laughs> seldom explored dynamics the deepen the meaning of family and what that means for Superman as a character. And, and you know what, they, you're right. Like, like they're, they're right. I mean, it's that, that idea of, of Clark Kent, you know, when, when that was to me, the one, the, the, probably the best thing of the burn reboot was keeping the Kents alive. Yeah, and having that dynamic between him and his parents, it it was it was a, a it was a really interesting dynamic that that of course we hadn't been able to experience before, save for in Superboy stories, you know the stories of Superman when he was a boy. <laughs> yes, I know. You've heard. Um, I, yeah. I, I've, I've heard. <laughs> uh, but but what's interesting is now we've of course got a Superboy that is the son of Superman. Mm-hmm. And to Which me, that's, that's interesting. I mean, super yeah. tot, sure, super kid. Yeah, but you know, oh, the, the good thing, boy. Okay. The good thing about that is that 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 you know, as we've talked about, you know, having having a super boy as a a tether for um for the Legion, mm-hmm. it gives me hope for that. Yeah, is Connor around? I don't know. Uh, no, I'm just asking. I'm not. No, asking. he uh, uh, could well be. Um, okay. Uh, probably I just don't over remember. In, probably over in Titans. Okay. Well, um, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I just want to keep was... keep up with that kid. Because <laughs> to on. me, that was that was one of the really messy parts of the uh, uh, in in New Fifty Two was the, uh, the 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 whole the uh, Connor was much less interesting to me after yeah. that. Uh, you know. Um, all right, so apparently um, uh, things wrong. They apparently killed Hal Jordan again. Uh, really? He apparently, quote-unquote, died alongside Sinestro during events of the New 52, came back as a Black Lantern, summered Necron, uh, defeated First Lantern Volthoom, and got to be a Green Lantern again. Hooray! And, and, and we saw him in the early issues of the Jessica and uh, Simon title. Uh, but then he apparently died again in battle against, guess who? Sinestro? Yep. Yay, I'm right. However, now it's Ganthet with the help of White Lantern uh, Kyle Rayner, you were correct, uh, um, who pulls Jordan from death's crutches, clutches and enlists his help. Death's crutches. Yeah, he's like, death's crutches. death on crutches, oh, please. Death's was, was like, oh, my leg is so tired. I, I want to see this goth girl on crutches now really badly. <laughs> Um, um, enlisted his help in uniting the green and yellow lanterns. Uh, killing Jordan has now become a trope. Uh, we can't think of any other way to keep dra- to create drama for him, so let's just kill him. Um, killing superheroes is a trope. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. I, I always think of now, if you're going to kill a hero, they need to stay dead. Yep. For a significant time. Remember or that? Remember, just yeah. pulling our leg. Remember that time when they uh, when they said uh, that, that 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 was what like the whole Black Lantern thing was like. See now, death is a real thing. Like we're we're not messing around. 
I, I, I remember yeah. that. Yeah, it was cute. I also remember them saying that there would be no time travel in the DC Universe after Crisis happened. And Adorable. lo and behold, Booster Gold. Adorable. Yeah, that lasted. Um, so, yeah, I'm, please. Yeah. Um, that's, that's in the Stanley hyperbole oh, yeah. pocket. Yeah. So, uh, the new 52 sported, uh, uh, they, they, the next thing was the lighter tone. Um, and I think that that has been evident for the, for the most part. Yes. Uh, and thank God. Yeah. Seriously. Um, uh, yeah, so so you know that the, the, some of that got that some of that sort of darkness got. So they're saying they 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 actually call up the Court of Owls, Death of the Family, and the Rot World thing as, yeah, but you know some of those were really good. Um, I gotta say, you know you're not you're, you're you know it's more the general mm-hmm. tone that was an issue to me. Those were actually pretty well, good stories. But but that's the thing though, when everyone's writing disturbing, yeah, stories, the whole line is disturbing. Yeah, no, that's true. That's and true. that that's that's the reflection of it. I mean, it wasn't just those stories that were disturbing. Those are the obvious ones. Animal man and swamp thing. I totally get that because those characters have, I mean, one's been in vertigo pretty deep and the other ones flirted with vertigo heavily. Yeah. Um, Batman. Yeah. His stories get dark. Totally. I think the whole taking off Joker's face and pinning it on as the Joker's daughter was. Yeah. Thanks. Who needed that? Thanks. Love that. But when it's getting, so dark that you can't find any hope. Oh, yeah. That's a problem. Well, and, a and, problem. and this is one of the things they talk about um, Rebirth adopting a lighter tone, splashing the pages of its books with uh, deeper, fuller colors, and infusing the stories with levity that was notably absent for most of the New 52. And, and, and this is what the interesting sort of um, um, parallel is while DC's previous relaunch might have matched the tone they would set in both Man of Steel and Batman vs. Superman, Rebirth mm-hmm. feels more hopeful in the way Wonder Woman did when it hit theaters. And it looks like that that has become kind of a line-wide thing. It's like, yeah, let's lighten the tone here, and and, and, and they're going to see this in the movie, too. Um, mm-hmm. And can we talk about Wonder Woman for just half a second? Oh, please. That movie? Still kicking it. Yeah. Still. Yeah, I watched it with the girls last week. It was and it was awesome. Mm-hmm. Yep. I, my my uh, uh, Jan saw it on the plane coming home, and the and uh, the girls and I watched it, and they loved it. See, there you go. Yeah, kids. Um, yeah, come on. Yeah, exactly. Just do a good movie. Yeah, and we're good. And we're good. That simple. That simple. Um. So they talk about um. Uh, how that one of the things they did wrong revisiting Flashpoint um, and basically yeah you know you bring back in uh, uh, Eobard Thawne and uh, and the Thomas Wayne Batman in the button yeah it it, it it's kind of like oh okay so you know the Flashpoint thing is kind of you know um, yeah thanks Barry yeah way to go Barry <laughs> thanks um, Barry messing up all the continuities well, and, and so it's this whole thing they, they say that while while uh, 2011's flashpoint marked a huge step up for dc events it doesn't exactly belong in the rebirth continuity that being said we're not opposed to experiencing the residual effects of the reality altering story especially if it serves dc canon in a way that isn't contrived or convoluted unfortunately when <laughs> when the two of them it was both contrived and convoluted, it convoluted. Took away. yeah yeah when it's both. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Flashpoint was so important to the past, present, and future of the DC universe, but it would serve the continuity better if the editors brought it back for a legitimate reason. Uh, reintroducing and subsequently killing off Flashpoint Batman also did little to tug at the heartstrings. The note he, um, 
the no he passed uh, along to to uh, Bruce. A, a, you know, across the realities, held a poignancy that his reappearance couldn't possess. Yeah, um, what it I did, would agree with yeah, that. Absolutely. Uh, what they say, what it did right, gave big titles to relative unknowns. Um, this again speaks to the Tom King over on uh, Batman, Joshua Williamson on the Flash. Uh, how they they're they're newer guys, and they they've they've been uh-huh. there, uh, but you know, they, they, this gave them high profile books. Yeah, totally. Um, and I would say they, they've done a smashing job based absolutely. upon all, all the critique I've heard. Yeah. And what, so. I, what I've read of them, of them both, I've, I've quite enjoyed. Um, anyway, they, 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 they chose well, is, is what mm-hmm. we're saying. Um, what it did wrong, no Swamp Thing or Animal Man. Didn't they just... Here's, here's where they're inconsistent in this. This is a CBR article, by the way. I should have said that out, out, out of the top. But... Um, They've just said, oh, Swamp Thing and Animal Man, too dark. And, um, yeah. And then they're the, like, but they're not there now. The, well, they, they're they, kind they, of dark they, they characters. Just, they just complained about Rot World, but then it's like, two of the best, most tragic characters in the DC universe have been criminally absent from Rebirth for the most part. The characters in question, Animal Man and Swamp Thing, of course. Their crossover event, Rot World, proved that these guys can pack a punch with tight, tense narratives. It's time to bring them back and show them some love. You were just complaining about it two minutes ago. Um, they want the happy swamp thing. Yes. When was that ever? When was that ever a thing? That that's a, you've never seen him do his crossover with Prez. I I'm I don't know what to do with you anymore. I'm just gonna look at you up. now. I think you're making. I'm it just all gonna up. look at you. You're making it all up. Probably. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Well. Anyway. <laughs> just, I know, right? The the, the yeah, it just seems. I, I and, and seems I'm a fan of both characters, lot. and I would love to see him back, um, uh, because they're they're both characters I love, and they and I think that they when they were done, they were done very well. But mm-hmm. anyway, um, and then uh, they say what they did right, the ties to Watchmen, talking about the. Uh, um, it didn't seem like the most creative story to have the Watchmen interfere with the lives of Batman, Superman, and the other beloved heroes. Sure, all the aforementioned properties are indeed DC properties, but the Watchmen exist in a timeline of their own. Why couldn't they have just left them in their own revered uh, corner? Fast forward a year, and the results have been pleasantly surprising with Jeff Johns' Doomsday Clock event series fast approaching. We can't help but be curious as to how a Dr. Manhattan and Superman confrontation would go down. It'll likely be the payoff to end all payoffs. Two titans coming together for a conflict that will reshape the DC universe will definitely be worth it, and we can't wait. Wow, that's, mm-hmm. that's some hype. Um, yeah, so there we go. So, yeah, I guess we're actually more a year into into Rebirth, which makes me feel a bit better. <laughs> because, well, there you go. Yeah, it was like two years in, but they're talking about how the, the two years kind of ends with... Uh, with uh, as Doomsday Clock comes to an end, um, so I feel a little bit better, moderately. Yay! Anyway. Moderately, moderately better. Whew. It was a close one. It was a close. Was one. it? Yeah. Okay. Well, as long as it was close. Indeed. Indeed. All right. So let's um, at forty-seven minutes in. Why don't we get into the issue at hand? Maybe you could uh, lead us through issue two forty-nine. Sure. Of Superboy and the Legion of Superheroes. 
This is uh, Superboy and the Legion of Superheroes number 249. The cover is by Staten and Giordano. And it looks like Brainy is using a ray device on a big guy who looks kind of like Red Tornado, but all orange. Yeah. And uh, we see Superboy, Siren Girl, and Lightning Lad in the foreground. And Siren Girl says, if our superpowers are useless against the Chemoid monster, how does Brainiac 5 expect his weapon to save us? Oh, Saturn girl. And we see she has ripped her space bikini. Oh, my. We're, we're getting a little Frank Frazetta here, I A little think. bit, yeah. A little bit. A little bit. Joe Staten, I expected better be. No, I'm kidding. I, <laughs> I love Joe's work. He's just a crazy, crazy guy. Um, we open up with um, Sunboy doing battle. With, oh, we remember this now. Yes, we have the Cthulhu sewer creature. That's right. Who is attacking Sunboy and Brainiac 5. And, uh, of course, we have to do the narration. It began with an urgent summons by the science police to the 30th century's most powerful fighting force, the Legion of Superheroes. The Crisis, a lurking terror beneath the streets of Metropolis in the long-forgotten sewers. The Legion answered that summons and thought they destroyed the creatures they found. As Brainiac 5 and Sunboy have now discovered they were wrong. I know I, know I said it last week. Cthulhu's in the sewers. It's true. It's true. Um, this is the capital crimes of the chemical conqueror. Wow. Points for alliteration there, Jerry Conway, who is our writer. Joe Staten and Jack Abel are the artists. Ben Oda is the letterer. Gene D'Angelo is the colorist. And Jack C. Harris is the editor. So we open up on page two. And Brainy's like, if this is the so-called monster that put Shadow Lass into a coma, it's very much alive. Figured that out, did you, Brainiac? Do me a favor. Figure out a way for us to survive. And uh, Brainy's like, my force field should protect me, son boy. I suggest you utilize your solar powers to save yourself. Bright idea, friend, but there's only one problem. They don't have any effect. Somehow this ugly's become immune to light and heat. We better try something else before it. Ah! And he gets correct. Yeah. And Brainy don't care. Brainy don't care. Uh, not a hundred paces away in the medic center. Eh? Thought I heard someone cry out. And that's Monel. So um, if Monel's thinking it, maybe you heard it because you have super hearing. Um, if one of the other legionnaires is in danger, <laughs> I should. And um, Shadowlight's like, oh. And Monel's like, Tasmia. Brainy at five said she'd live if she survived the next few hours. I can't leave her alone. She might be coming out of her coma. But if someone needs me. No, they'll have to help themselves. Tasmia is my only concern. This is a, a, a reversal of what we're used to, though, isn't it? Usually, mm -hmm. it's the other way. It's the, the, the position usually, is reversed. Usually, Tasmia is watching over a, a bruised and broken Monel, <laughs> exactly. going, "Lover, no, don't leave me." It's nice to know that uh, they reverse that later down the road. So. Yes. Yes. And uh, and on the floor above, we see Brainy has the one of the um. It's, it's not getting pretty for Brainy here. Some boy is stunned. It's up to me to destroy this creature as usual. And he hits a button on his force shield belt and it goes splash. A touch on the force shield field controls. Brainy 5 instantly expands the invisible shield until it fills the room. And for the creature, the effect is crushing. Some boy appears uninjured but comatose. Ah, the same symptoms were shown by Shadowlass. Brow furrowing Brainiac 5 frowns. Hmm. And simultaneously in Central Metropolis, that frown is mirrored on the faces of five other Legionnaires answering an emergency summons from their benefactor, Rene Brand, or R.J. Brand, as we know him. Yes, yeah. That and Superboy says, that's R.J. Brand's Earth headquarters, but it appears deserted. It seems that way, and with lead shielding on all the exterior walls to protect the building from radiation attack, there's no way for my X-ray vision to penetrate and tell us what's inside. Oh, take a drink. 
Indeed. Red shielding prevents Superboy from seeing inside. Yep. And Fangirl says, maybe lead can stop your super sight, Superboy, but it can't stop me. What? And she's going in. Wow. She's going in where the danger is, Paul. Really? Really. Be careful, Phantom Girl. Imra, cover her. And uh, Saturn Girl's like, Dungarth, as only Saturn Girl can. I'm monitoring Phantom Girl telepathically, and I can see great gods of Titan. Oh, this is what and, I would expect. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. And Phantom Girl comes out. It's horrible, Mr. Brandy. He's. And Superboy says, back off, Tenya. We've wasted enough time. I'm coming through. I want a Krakoom. I got a Karoom close yeah. enough. Take a drink, kids. Take a drink. Mm. Holy cow, it's even worse than I imagined. Mr. Brand's private quarters look like they've been dragged through a sewer, but there's no sign of him, no sign of anything. Cousin Boy, Phantom Girl, is this familiar to you, too? You bet, Lightning Lad. And it's like the sewers we explore with the science police. Yeah, but that doesn't explain how all this muck could get up here 200 stories above the street, unless the plumbing. And if it did come here through the pipes, then it chose Brand's penthouse purposefully. Yet that doesn't make sense. Garth, behind you! And we see uh, Swamp Thing has made a guest appearance here, <laughs> rising from the muck yes. of the sewer. Thanks for the warning, Emra. Whatever it is, it's finished. See, this would be better if this was a Legion Swamp Thing crossover, oh, I think. see. That'd be amazeballs. After one of my lightning bolts, there isn't, isn't enough left of that thing to turn into a mud ball. That'll teach me not to talk when I should be um, looking, uh, monologuing. <laughs> well, Garth, your leader, what now? Instinctively, Lightning Light looks to his wife for advice. She was the second Legion leader, after all, but Saturn Girl is silent. And at length, Garth Rands purses his lips as though tasting something sour and nods, knowing at last that in times of crisis, every leader must stand alone. Yeah, Cosmo Boy's there, too, and he's not giving any advice either. If these creatures came from the sewers, then that, maybe that's where they've taken Brand. Let's move out. Eh, that sounds reasonable. And Brian Five's lab at Legion HQ. Strange that I didn't notice this when I examined Shadow Lass. Both Shadow Lass and Sunboy are suffering from a chemical shock to their nervous system. They could only have received when the sewer creatures struck them. They'll, they'll overcome the effects in a few hours, but this has given me the information I require to draw a conclusion. I now know who our enemy is and how to defeat him. Okay. And this it's is dark side, right? It's dark side. Yeah, and this is where I, you know, and I know that the way that the story was written was convoluted and everything, and um, but you know, having this in, in internal monologue with Brainiac Five, considering where the character is going in the next few issues, mm -hmm. it, it is problematic, you know, editorially speaking, and and true. It's it's just messy. It's just messy, you know. <laughs> it's they, just they a knew mess. this. They knew this story was coming up. They knew that they were going to conclude this thing, and maybe that's why people started taking their names off it. Um, in fact, at the end of this issue, in the next issue box, we do get the, uh, you know, it's going to be Paul Levitz and Jim Starling coming up, and then it is decidedly not in the next issue. So, but but you know, it it, it just uh, yeah, editorially speaking, to me, this is problematic. Yeah, true. And we see Brainy uh, come up on Monel watching over uh, Shadow Lass. And he's thinking to himself, fortunately, I've de been developing a chemical desynthesizer and just completed a working model. It should provide all the power I need to. A. Eh? Monel, I'm going to join the others. I suppose they could use your assistance. Sorry, Brainiac. As long as Tasmin is recovering from her coma, I'm staying right here. Suit yourself, Legionnaire, but I promise you, no member of the Legion can shirk his duty without penalty. You haven't heard the last of this. Okay, okay, we're moving closer. 
The words are snarled in uncharacteristic anger, but Monal pays them no heed. The su- under the sewers of Metropolis, we see the five uh, Legionnaires: Superboy, Siren Girl, Kaz, Lightning Lad, and Phantom Girl. They are dank, echoing shadow tunnels, rank with the stench of liquid refuse. P. Uh, down yeah. the unit corridors, five colorful figures fly in pursuit of the unknown. The Challengers of the Unknown. Nope, not going to be them. And they find it. Garth, Rock, Superboy, Tinya, the sewer creatures, they're here! Siren Girl yells out. Um, imagine madness taking living form, heaving from the darkness with tentacles swaying. Imagine a battle fought in shadow in waters ankle deep with scum in a darkness as foul and fetid as a reeking tomb. Imagine this and you'll grasp but a tenth of the horror, And for there's more, much more. And Siren Girl's thinking, like she does. Thought yeah. impulses coming from around this bend. Two human minds, one of them Rennie Brands and another and a third inhuman and unalive? That makes no sense. Unalive. It's you. We should have guessed Mantis Morlo, oh, the yeah. chemical conqueror. And Mantis with um his brainwave like head. Yes. Says, and my abilities have grown since you defeated me and my satellite Citadel Legionnaire back in Adventure Comics number 363. He seems very, very Savannah. Like, he does, yeah. doesn't he? Show her, Chemoid. Rawr! And the Chemoid cracks Saturn Girl 1 across the choppers. And uh, she goes backwards. What? Brainiac 5 breaking my fall with his force field? Brainiac, where did you come from? RHQ. Where I realized that it was Morlo who was awaiting the chemical soup in these sewers. Only he, or our dead comrade Chemical King, had the necessary skill. And that all, but all that is ended now. Kazamo! This chemical desynthesizer will shatter Morlo's chemoid into its component molecules, just as it can dispose of these slime creatures. Kazak! Mm-hmm. Yep. Not to mention Morlo himself. Kazaroom! You know what? Take a drink. Close I'm enough. Fine. Yeah, I'm in. Mm. Mm-hmm. Morlo's cry, like his return, is brief and is drowned by a loud sizzling that echoes from one end of the sewer to another. And when both cry and sizzling are done, the chemical conqueror is conquered, and the sewer is as clean as an infant's heart. <laughs> the Iron Girl says, reading Morlo's unconscious mind, I can see this was all a plan to get us down here trapped by these creatures so Morlo could have his revenge. Good thing you came along, Brainiac. Sure, you saved us a lot of trouble. And Brainy says, naturally, isn't that what I always do? Now, if you'll excuse me, all of you, I have some important work in my lab. And the others are so shocked, none of them can say anything at all. Next issue, the story you've been waiting for, revealed at last, The Legion's Hidden Enemy, in an epic story by Paul Levitz and Jim Starlin, entitled, This is the Day the Universe Dies. Okay, and so so there we, we actually got a little bit of, con- uh, you know, we're starting to move into a little bit of consistency with it, but I found the internal monologue stuff was what was messy. Because, yeah. you know, I, it, were, the th- were the two reversed, I wouldn't have had an issue. It's just that, that, that we're seeing inside his thoughts and we're seeing that, he, you know, everything is pretty up and up and, and straightforward. But between his freaking out on Monel and then this, uh, the, I have something important waiting in my lab. Okay, now we're leading in, and that and that's good. But yeah, you see here it does say uh, the Legion's hidden enemy, an epic story by Jim, by Paul Evans and Jim Starlin, and of course it would not end up that way. And, no. Um, so at some point along the line, the uh, the wheels fell off in in how it was being presented. Um, all right, so I'm um, going to get into the next story, but I do want to point out that uh, what I really like about this, and, and we're going to see this in the artwork here as well, is uh, this was around the time, 
uh, that uh, that Joe Staten was doing Yee Man as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can't remember who that was originally with. Uh, I know it went over to first mm-hmm. later on, but but it wasn't in initially. Oh, it was Charlton. It was Charlton. Um, ah. Right. And so anyway. Um, so this is uh, the Arcturan uh, Jewel Case. Uh, get it? Jewel Case? Uh, featuring uh-huh. the changeable hero Chameleon Boy of the Legion of Superheroes. And um, so the Legion, the, uh, the science police have called in a Legionnaire to chase down a simple blackmailer. Um, and uh, Commander Hagbard says, I'm afraid this case isn't so simple, Chameleon Boy. This, empl- this blackmailer employs some mighty sophisticated and untraceable gadgets, and he specializes in victims who are among the highest high planetary officials in the galaxy. Frankly, my boy, I'm glad it was you who answered this call. Your unique powers should come in handy on this case. But yeah, I, I find a lot of this, art- this artwork uh, in this issue very reminiscent of what he was doing over in uh, uh, E-Man. Um, he says, luck of the draw, Commander. My name came up at the duty roster at, at Legion HQ. Now, sir, you mentioned a break in the case. And this story is brought to us by Paul Kupperberg, writer, Joe Staten, artist, uh, Todd Klein, letterer, and Adrian Roy, uh, colors. Yay, Adrian Roy. Yeah. Uh, he says, indeed, I did, and I'd like you to meet the uh, lady responsible, Ambassador Gerald. Um, well, hello, Ambassador. And she says, "Have I've heard so much about you. I've heard much about you and your Legion comrades on my world, Arcturan. Uh, chameleon boy, it's an honor to meet you. And he says, "Please call me Reap." Um, the because everyone else does. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and the honor is all mine. They <laughs> call him Cam. Come on. Exactly. Um, um, and they say uh, the ambassador has a story to tell, Chameleon boy. And he says, "And I'm sure it's going to be fascinating." Do go on. She says, "Well, you see, years ago when I joined my world's uh, diplomatic service, I got involved with smugglers." And, I su- and though I soon quit smuggling, somehow the blackmailer discovered my secret and demanded payment. Either that or he would expose my secret in hopes it would ruin my career. At first, I was going to pay him with a rare Arcturan gem, but my sense of duty made me contact the science police instead. So they've uh, done some inquiries, and several other diplomats are being blackmailed in the same manner. Um, now go the lights, and he says, blast, there go the lights again. These blackouts don't last long, but the periodic power drains are threatening our link with uh, our satellite surveillance system. We can't seem to track down the source of the blackouts either. Ah, the lights. Are you all right, Ambassador? And he says, yeah, she's just fine, Commander, just fine. She says, excuse me, Reap. You see, my world is in perpetual daylight from our three sons. I, I am unused to the darkness. And and um, anyway, so they kind of... Is Reap making a move on the Ambassador? That's what I'm trying to figure out, yeah. <coughs> I think he is. Oh, so unlike yeah. him. Uh, valuable equipment has been disappearing from HQ. Computers, satellite relays, translators, everything, whether bolted down or not. Finally caught the thief in the act, and it turned out to be one guy, or one, sorry, one guy, one Guy Delore, a technical officer in the department. As a tech officer, Delore had access to the HQ blueprints, so he easily lost the officers in the lowest levels of the building. Um, we still haven't figured out how he got out of the building. You just don't walk out of here and into the Atlantic Ocean unnoticed. What we have figured out is that Delore could fit those uh, stolen components together and make a super spy monitor, a device capable of reaching out to any governmental, commercial, and private computer in the sector of the galaxy, a device that can render the idea of privacy inoperative. He says, well, something like that must take an awful lot of power to run, Commander, which brings us back to your blackouts. And they say, well, that's what we thought at first, but our monitors show no taps on our energy supply cable. Which, as you know, runs from the mainland on the ocean floor and is fitted every inch of the way with sensors to detect tampering. 
if Delore mm -hmm. is stealing his power from SP headquarters, he's found a new way to do it. And he says, well, if Delore can build a spy monitor, he's probably a lot smarter than we think anyway. I think I'd better take a look at that cable. Now, if you'll just show me to the airlock, sir, I can provide my own transportation. I'll see you later, Ambassador. And she says, I shall be here, Reap. Oh. Oh, hello. Yeah. Um, so he gets out there. Carp City, here I come. And changes into a fish. She says, there's almost 300 kilometers of cable to check. Not that I know what I'm checking for. Which means <laughs> I've discovered... Oh, so nothing, basically. Um, <laughs> yeah, sorry. I, we I, found shit. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, he says... Um, I, I darned if I can see, he may be tapping the cable, though I can, I'll be darned if I can see how or where this finny legionnaire's mission is not to reason why, but to go on until I find something. And then he feels like he's being torn apart by some kind of radiation high frequency, uh, it's microwaves. It says, there'll be nothing left of me but the blue plate special at a fish fry if I don't change into something else quick. Oh, it's nice to see some things last. Um, and they say, like the Nipwonium nibby bug. So he switches into that. A bug that fly, thrives on the high microwave levels on its world, so it ought to be a cinch to get past this beam. That microwave receptor, again, he can just look like them. Uh-huh. Um, that microwave receptor isn't on the, any science police blueprint either. Which means I've uncovered the bad guy's secret hideout. He seems to be the careful sort. The stasis field around the receptor makes it invulnerable to an attack from above, but not from below. And then, of course, that's what he does. He digs through, comes up in, he says, Moons of Saturn, there's dozens of cables buried down here, probably connected to the receptors all over Earth. I better find a way so I can nab Delore before some, po some kind of poison. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And um, and it, this this stops him from being able to retain his insect form. He says, Poison, weakening me, lungs bursting. I, I need air. And uh, then here comes the cavalry to the rescue. It is uh, the ambassador and uh, the commander. And um, <clears throat> he says, I just hope they don't throw me back when they hear that. He says, I couldn't get near the place. Commander it was like the Lord knew where I was, no matter what form I assumed. And they said, well, what's your next move? And he says, I'm stumped. The stasis field around his hideout keeps him safe from a science pol uh, police strike force. And the place is too well booby-trapped for me to sneak in. The only thing I can think of is to pay Delore the ransom. And they're, What? How is that? How in the galaxy is that going to help? And he goes, think about it, sir. The Dolores demanding the ambassador turn over a rare Arcturan jewel to him. And she says, are you sure about this, Reap? She's been ordered to teleport the gem to certain coordinates. And we can reasonably assume that no matter how circuitous a route he sends us on to throw us off the track, the gem will eventually end up inside Dolores' hideout. Um... Via teleportation booths across the globe, the Arcturan Jewel becomes, begins a dizzying zigzag journey, coming finally to rest before ex-tech officer Guy, uh, Guy Delore. Among the raucous blare, uh, raucous blare of alarms, rings of Netri, my monitor alarms went off the moment the ambassador's ransom appeared, which means Chameleon Boy must be here. And he pulls up the, the <laughs> gem and pulls a gun on it. Says, you can drop the disguise, Chameleon Boy. My monitor is attuned to your alien body structure. That's how I was able to thwart you earlier. I'm sure you thought you were clever uh, disguising yourself as the gem, but but I... And no, he was the case. Ha! Uh, wrong old bunky. I thought I was clever disguising myself as a gem case. Chameleon boy, now don't act so surprised, ex-tech Delore. You just had to know I was going to get you. And um, <clears throat> he changes into a big clamshell. <coughs> um, because to, he can. Because he can, to cover up his hands. And he says, uh, says... 
well, he says, my hand, what are you doing with my hand? He says, well, you're being a blackmailer and all. You ought to be used to clamming up whenever a ransom is paid, huh? Upsy-daisy. <laughs> I do like the little eyes on the clam. Yeah. That's kind of cute. Yeah, exactly. He looks like a big Pokemon. He's so adorable. <laughs> uh, he says, let me go. You're crushing me. Sure thing, Delore. As soon as Commander Hagbard and his, Hagbard and his uh, boys show up. In the meantime, you should just this should just about wrap up my <clears throat> jewel case. <laughs> see mm-hmm. you Ambassador. You your gem is safe and sound as promised. And she says, you have my deepest gratitude, Reap. Though I wish there were a better way to express my thanks. Ooh. I'm sure there is, Gerald. And I'll bet if we put our heads together on it tonight, we'll come up with something fantastic. Oh, my. Damn. Yeah, yeah. He was making the moves on her. Totally. You think? Totally. Right. Totes. So, not sure what we're hitting up uh, next week, but but the following week we will uh, we will get into the Steve Apollo issue, which, wow. Yeah. Which will be fabu, I'm sure. Indeed. All right. We're going to wrap this up uh, because we went a little long on the rebirth stuff. So sorry it was a little rebirth heavy, but you know. Um, it happens. Yeah. All right. Comments, as always, are welcome Legion of Substitute Podcasters, gmail.com. You can join in the conversation on our Facebook page, which can be found at facebook.legionofsubstitutepodcasters.com. We are on the Twitter. We are LOSP Podcast. And in addition to all these things, you can head over to our website, legionofsubstitutepodcasters.com, where you can comment on this or any episode and with that we make our way back into the time bubble where we're not as far rebirthed as we thought so it's all good and we will see you all next week booyah crystals <laughs>